Welcome to the Graceway Sermon Cast. Graceway is a Baptist church located in Lexington, Kentucky. We have a heart for God and a deep love for people. You can learn more about our church by visiting www.gracewaylex.org. Now, here's this week's message. Well, hopefully in these next few moments, we're going to live in God's Word just for a few moments. I pray that this is going to be encouraging to you. This scripture and the scriptures I'm about to share with you is, is, is I hope is going to be helpful to us today. And if you'll take a look at Psalm 19, there are so many passages that we could take a look at today then, um, that would to help to talk about this. And, and so, but Psalm 19 is the text that we're going to look at today. If you have your Bible and you want to turn there, your app, and you want to uh, turn in that app, that's great. Um, also, you should have received a sheet, and it's called Learning to um, Bathe with Soap. This is one of those things that as, as children grow up, we hope that they would realize how to bathe with soap. Um, and so um, sometimes my wife or I would realize that somebody has got in the shower, but um, we'd have to ask this question, did you use Soap. <laughs> so, okay, fine. <laughs> so they had to go back into the shower, right? And so, um, but what I found is that um, the Word of God is a beautiful, beautiful um, opportunity for us to bathe with soap. And I'm going to share with you in just with that in just a few moments. So, Psalm uh, 19. And if you would, would you please stand with me? I don't know if y'all are in the habit of doing this, but when the Word of God is is read. Um, we stand in honor of God and his word. And so if you wouldn't mind um, helping me do that this morning, I would appreciate that. If you can, if you can't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But Psalm 19, I'm reading from the um, HCSB. Verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge there is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message, though, has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the inhabited world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a groom coming from the bridal chamber. It rejoices like an athlete running a course. It, raises, it arises from one end of the heavens and circles to, the, uh, to their other end, and nothing is hidden from its heat. Verse 7, the instruction of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul, the testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right making the heart glad. The commandment of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey, than honey dripping from the comb. In addition, your servant is warned by them. There is great reward in keeping them. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule over me. Then I will be innocent and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth... And the meditation of my heart 
be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May that be our prayer today. Dear Jesus, as we come before you, please, please speak to our hearts. Bring revival, bring renewal to us. Help us to see what you have provided in so many different ways. Thank you for even your scriptures speak of you. As these scriptures have been said, even the glory of the skies and the majesty of the skies, they speak of you without ever uttering a word. Lord, thank you though that you've come in human form and lived a life of righteousness and truth. And you've shared that with us that we too may be a follower of you, that we might know you and to live in such a way as to experience you deeply every day, that we might walk as you have walked and in your steps. Thank you, Lord. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, um, I wanted us to go ahead and just take a look at uh, some of these, uh, some scripture verses and some different things about the reviving of our soul. And as a part of this process, and I don't know if this is the way you feel like, is that it's almost like the first part of this passage here in Psalm 19 where, where you know there's supposed to be some speaking. <laughs> you, you feel like you're asking God, God, please speak to my heart. God, please, please help me to understand. Lord, why do I hurt the way I hurt? Lord, why am I tired? Why am I so tired? I, I, this is some of the questions that I asked because I was serving the Lord and I'm yet I, I knew that this was supposed to be an invigorating thing. I knew that his word is powerful. I, I knew I wanted to be amongst his people. I knew that God uh, was not done with me. But the question is, Lord, I'm exhausted. What do I do? I'm exhausted, Lord. Would you please help me to understand, one, why I'm exhausted? I'm supposed to be doing and serving you. And two, is that, uh, Lord, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> because the way I see this is, this is your problem. <laughs> and you know how God sometimes, he speaks back and you don't like what he says. He lets us go ahead and complain a little bit. He lets us vent a little bit. It's like actually in Job. Job does this. He vents. He says, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And then in fact, in the scriptures, the book of Job says, and my righteous servants. This very process of, of us being able to, to, to um, ask God. And if we're willing to ask the question, God responds. He does. But we have to be willing to ask the question. So I hope today our question is, Lord, how do you want to renew our hearts? How do you want to, because I don't know about you, but the, the craziness of this world. Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? Things seem so different and so foreign. Lord, what are we supposed to do with this? So this morning, I want us to use some of these passages of scriptures to see how God is going to do these very things. It's interesting, even in the process of, I was asking Pastor Derek, I said, Pastor Derek, 
What is it you, um, where are you as a congregation? Where is it you've been preaching? Where is it you would like to go? Um, I had in my heart that I wanted to do Psalm 23. I wanted to share with you some of the things I had learned about Psalm 23. And uh, he said, well, actually, we've been talking a little bit about revival and looking in the scriptures about revival. And I said, well, I don't know. I hadn't thought that direction. And so I began to ask the Lord. And this is how God works. This is really interesting how God's work. In my own quiet time, this is my Bible study journal. And in my journal, um, what I do is I write this SOAP method that I'm about to share with you. And how I use the scriptures and how interesting and how many times God has spoken to me very clearly, specifically through his word. This is one of the ways in which God wants to renew us and to even help us guide us in direction. But one of the things we have to be is we have to be in his word. So in 2 Peter, and this is where I am in my journaling in my quiet time, in 2 Peter chapter 1, um, in verse 14, it starts off with this. I'm kind of hoping this isn't prophetic <laughs> because it kind of starts off a little scary. It says, this is, this is Peter, and he's saying, knowing that I will soon lay aside my tent. Time out, God. <laughs> this may be true for Peter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that maybe this hopefully is not true, but you know, this is something we face, right? We don't know the day or the hour in which we will be called home. We will not know that. So the question is, what are we going to do with that? And so, but here, Peter is revealing what God has said to him to write. He says, so therefore, as our Lord Jesus Christ has also shown me, and I will also make every effort that after my departure, you may be able to recall the things at any time. For we did not follow cleverly construed myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. How beautiful that is. And Peter's saying, listen, I'm, there's going to be a time in which I'm no longer with you. So therefore, I want you to be very clearly be able to, with, to remember the things that I have said to you and the things that he said in the um, first part of 2 Peter and the first Peter. And he continues, for when he received honor and glory from God the Father, a voice came to him from the majestic glory. There is my beloved son. I take delight in him. And we heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So what Peter was saying is that I want to make every effort to help you remember because I'm going to leave this place. And I thought about that. Lord, I was going to do Psalm 23. And so I began to think about that. What can I share with you this morning that hopefully would be an encouragement to you that is from my life? And this is what God put on my heart. Share with them, as it's been relating to revival, renewal, how can we prepare our heart and lives to receive God's renewal? Because if we're not careful, we can strive and strive and strive and think we're doing all the right things, but not receive God's renewal. 
God's revival because we have to prepare our hearts. Claire, just like what you said. We have to be willing to bow our knee and say, I want to put my heart in a perspective that God can speak to me. Because sometimes it feels like here in chapter 19 verse in the, of Psalm that there's this process. It seems like there's, there's all this communication. Lord, I need a word from you. I see your glory. I see your majesty. But I need a word from you. Now, how are you going to do that? And so God has said in his word, this is how I'm going to do it. So would you follow with me as we take a look at this? So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, or Psalm, um, uh, Psalm 19, uh, verses uh, 7 uh, through 8 here. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making wise the simple. The prospects of the Lord are, are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. How beautiful is that? That's what I want, Lord. Would you do that in me? And he says, yes. I will do that. I have been doing that. Do you want that? The question is, do we want that? Because we think sometimes if we continue to do the things that we do, that at some point in time, this is going to get better, right? When God says, don't trust in the things of men, horses, chariots, but trust in me. There's also Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 26. And this is, uh, I think, a really beautiful passage. It's a passage about Christ and his church and about husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands. And so in this passage, there's a really, really interesting part of this passage here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28 through 29. And it says, Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. By God's word. You know... There's a lot of things that we can do. We can get in the shower and we can rub soap on our bodies, at least, hopefully. <laughs> and that cleanses our outside. But how do you cleanse your soul? What's going to renew our soul? What's going to wash or scrub our soul? Well, to understand is that for our spiritual point, right? The spiritual side, Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. Because of that death, burial, and resurrection for all those who choose to receive and to follow him, then Jesus and God begins this healing process. Immediately, his righteousness is made ours. We then spiritually are made righteous. Immediately, we are justified. We are made clean. The scriptures teach us without blood, there is no remission of sins. There's no, there's no cleansing without the blood of Jesus Christ. So to understand that Jesus has done that. Okay, well that takes care of the physical. I'm taking baths. That takes care of the spiritual. But what I find 
is that there's this battleground between the physical and the spiritual, and it's called my soul. So, Lord, what do you have for that? What is it you want to do with the hurt that is in my heart? What do you want to do with that thing that happened a couple of years back that I'm really unable to get over? I'm really finding it hard to forgive. I'm really finding it hard that this thing that occurred or these things that continue to happen or these sins in my life that I, I don't know what to do with. I know they're wrong. Lord, I'm, I'm tired of keep coming back to you saying I'm sorry. Lord, what do you want to do to help scrub my soul? <laughs> Good news. He's got a plan for that. He has an absolute plan by using soap to wash your soul. The battleground between the spirit and the flesh. It's where many times the war is waged. So, quickly, we're going to go ahead and go through this idea of soap. It's an acronym. And so, that's that page that you have. And if you want to begin taking some notes of how you might use the Word of God to scrub your soul. This is how God wants to do this. If we go back to Psalm 19, this is what we find in Psalm 19. This is really interesting. There's many passages that talk about this. Here in Psalm 19, verse 14, let me read this to you again. May the words of my mouth, whose words? Well, you, do you think it was the psalmist's words or do you think it was God's words? It's God's words. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. But now the psalmist, well, really in this year, it's talking about the psalmist. He's saying, may the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. If we know who our rock and redeemer is, Jesus, then maybe if we point our direction of, the, of our meditation on him, it may make a difference. Actually, the word of God says it will make a difference. It's very powerful. The word of God is, do you all remember Bible verse about this? The word of God is, what? Sharp. And what is it able to do? <laughs> it separates bone and marrow. It has the ability. It's powerful. It is active. It is sharp. This is what the word of God can do. By his spirit so moving in our hearts is that he's helping us to discern the things that are going on in our heart. And then he wants to apply his truth to that. So, here, the cleansing um, that happens by the washing of, by the Word of God. So, SOAP is an acronym, and it stands for, let's go ahead and take a look at the first one. So, what are we going to talk about? We're talking about Scripture. Now, this is what I've been doing for years. I'm not saying this is the only way to do it, but I'm going to encourage you, and this is going to be our challenge for today, is I'm going to encourage you to use this method to allow the Word of God to wash your soul. So what you're going to do is you're going to go ahead and take a passage of scripture. 
You can start off in the Gospel of John. You can start off and use any of the New Testament, Old Testament. It doesn't make any difference. But go ahead and take a section of Scripture and ask God to reveal to you what that passage means and what you're supposed to do about it. So, this is what I do. This is in my quiet times. This is, this is how I have my quiet times. Because I use soap. I use God's word to wash my soul. So, soap, as you look at it here, so the first thing you do is you're going to take a passage of scripture and you're going to go ahead and select one portion. Don't take two paragraphs. It may be three sentences, okay? It may be two sentences, but just take a small section, and then the next day, take another small section, and then the next day, take another small section. So you're going through the Word of God, okay? Not just picking and choosing, okay? But going through the Word of God. You're going to take two or three of these sentences, and you're going to write it out. It's very important that we meditate on God's Word. One of the ways in which we meditate on God's Word is that we hide God's word in our hearts. Well, Brother Steve, I want you to know that I have memorized many passages of scripture. <laughs> well, that's great. Parrots can recite words too. How much good has it done them? Because sometimes scripture verses that are memorized and placed in the head have not traveled the 18 inches necessary to become a part of our heart. How many of you have forgotten scripture verses after you've memorized them? Yeah, me too. Probably more than I would like to make mention of. It's funny. I'm going to say something very controversial here. You may not find anywhere in the scriptures where it tells you to memorize scripture. Somebody challenged me with that sometime. Do you realize the scriptures, the Bible doesn't say for you to memorize scripture? <laughs> that's, that's, you're about to kick you out of the church, buddy. No, no, no. It says meditate on God's word. Memorization is a great step, important step. I want to memorize more scripture, but it's not the last thing. It's the first thing. To meditate on God's word is to mull it over in our heart, mull it over in our bodies, in our minds, and practice it and participate in it. It's not just reciting or being able to recite a couple of verses. Because then it doesn't enter our hearts where it needs to be. So yes, don't, don't go away. Well, Steve told us not to memorize scripture. That's not what I said. It's just the first step. That's not God's intent, is that you be able to parrot a bunch of words, but rather that you meditate on them. Take a look at Psalm 1, one of my favorite passages, the one who delights and meditates on his word. It's like a tree planted. Do you all remember that story? It's planted where? In the middle of the desert? But it's by a river and it's fruit. Bear fruit. It's tree. This tree bears fruit. Okay. So, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to take the scriptures and we're going to write them out. Maybe you only have 30 minutes. That's how much time you have 
to, to participate maybe in some study and meditation in those moments. Then just write out a few verses. That's all you got to do. The letter O stands for observation. Go ahead and take the text that you've just written out and you go ahead and make some observations about what you've seen. What is it you just read? And begin to write those out. So let me give you an example. Because I'm going to have you, number three is application. Now you don't go to that slide just yet. But I want you to understand there's a difference between observation and application. So when you take a look at the text, you can begin to see some things. So if we take, for example, at Psalm 19, and you, uh, Psalm 19 is huge, right? So if we go ahead and take a look at, for example, um, verses um, 7 and verses 8, we're going to make some observations. Sort of like we're going to make some observations. Some of these, have you all seen some of these around, laying around anywhere? What is, it? What is this? A leaf. Ah, that's an observation. Okay. Um, what other observations can we make about this leaf? What? It, it's an orange? Okay. Well, I'm cover blind, so it makes a little pink, but that's not just that. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. What else can we make? What other observations can we make about this? Is what? It's a maple leaf. I'm going to take your word on that. <laughs> All right. What other observations can we make? What? It's not on the tree. Huh. Aren't leaves supposed to be on trees? Sometimes. Right? Yeah? All right. What other observations can we make? It's got a stem. Okay. Good. All right. What else? What? It's very stiff. Yeah, it's kind of springy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I know, it's kind of interesting, and I just kind of made this observation, is that in some ways it's a picture of a tree. It's got a trunk, and it's got branches. So, let's go ahead and switch from observation about the leaf to application. So application then is to, once we've observed some things about the text, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and apply. Oh, there's a novel idea. We're going to apply what the text says. We're going to do what the text says. It's funny, in the scriptures, it says that, for example, the Great Commission, and teach them to obey. Well, that means that we'll have read the scripture and we'll have observed the scripture in order for us to obey the scripture, then that's how we apply. So here's the leaf. Now, how are we going to make application to the leaf? What are some things that we can do with a leaf? I'm sorry? Ooh, yeah. Have you seen some of the intricacy? of the leaf and see the beauty. There's so many different types of leaves. So that's one thing is that the leaf can remind us about God. What else? How else can we apply what we've observed? It's very possible and my wife's done this before is that she'll take a collection of leaves. (laughs) 
and she'll put them on a table with pine cones. <laughs> and it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. Decorations. You, could, you can take them and make decorations out of them. What else can you do with them? A leaf. If you get enough of them together, you can pile them and you can mulch them, right? And you can create compost with it. That's an application. So there's all kinds of things and applications that you can do after you've made some observations. Um, but that's what we're going to do with the text. See, there's a difference between observation and application. And so therefore, go ahead and take a look at that and write those things down. So after you have made some observations of the text, these are single statements about the passage. Then you're going to go ahead and you just keep writing them down as however many it takes. Now, in, in some texts, if you write out one verse, you may not get a lot of observations and therefore you're not going to get a lot of applications, but that's okay. Just so however many you can get out of that. Now, as you're making these observations and applications, let's go back to observations just for a second. Is that one is that as you're making observations and you're writing those down, don't make commentary just yet. Don't make commentary about it. Just find out what's in the text. Just the text. Write down what you see in the text. Because what we're going to find is that as we sit there in the word, God's going to want to reveal his truth to us. And so therefore, listen for that. See it in the text. The text has the power through the Holy Spirit to reveal those things that God wants us to know about that text. So then go ahead and make some of those observations, right? And then go ahead, if you want, in your Bible. I don't know if you have them in your Bible. In mine is there is a center text that has a bunch of other verses and books of the Bible on the bottom, some footnotes. Go ahead and look at those. Take a look at those and see where those cross-references actually will take you to another passage in the Bible that relates to that. I don't know if you've done this before, but the Word of God, if you notice this, the Word of God has the ability to weave itself together to give us a complete picture of the power of God. But we have to be willing to go to other parts of the Bible and to see those texts and to connect those texts. Very powerful. So those cross-references in the middle of your Bible, if you have them, or on your app, on your phone, gives an opportunity for us to go into another portion of the Bible and see that. So then once you've made some observations... Take a look at those observations and say, so what? What is that supposed to mean to me? How am I supposed to apply this? Then begin to go ahead and make some applications to yourself about what you need to do based upon what that text says. Okay? So you're going to make some observations and then you're going to make some applications to help you to know what you're supposed to do about it. So if you're looking at the text and it says, love your neighbor, what would be an observation? <laughs> love your neighbor. <laughs> hey, yeah, okay, good. 
All right, so I'm going to apply that. Maybe I need to start thinking about how I'm going to do that. You know what? Lord, how do you want me to apply that? What do you want me to do about that? Oh, you want me to maybe meet my neighbor? Oh, that's a novel idea. <laughs> you want me to meet my neighbor? Okay. Okay, well, I guess tomorrow I'm going to go knock on their door. Lord, does that, does that seem like a way to begin to love my neighbor? Yeah. To make some actual observations? I don't know, Lord. This seems pretty scary. Many times what we find in the Word of God is the things that God asks us to do to live those things out can be scary. They can be. But if he's telling us to do them, he's going to provide the strength to do them. So what we're going to do then is go ahead and then observe and then we're going to apply one or two things. And then finally, prayer. SOP, and that completes our acronym. We're going to rephrase one or two of the applications and make that a prayer. Make it into a prayer. Lord, you know, I'm kind of scared to go to my neighbor. Or maybe to um, a coworker. Or to somebody in my family. Or whatever the case might, might be that God is, is placing on my heart and is bringing to mind. Lord, I'm, I'm afraid about, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of scared of that. Would you give me the strength so when I see that person or when I go knock on their door, that you will go with me? You will strengthen me? And so what happens is, is God begins to lay out before us ways in which we can live our life, be renewed by his scriptures, and do what he's said for us to do. This is the power of scripture, not as funny sayings or quaint sayings or even things we place in songs, but words to live by, things to do. So that God's power will be made manifest in us and through us. That's what he desires. And in that process, he renews us. This is one of the things I've been working on lately. And I'm going to collude with this. I've asked Claire maybe to share a testimony. But if you don't mind, Claire, we're going to forego that. Um, one of the things I've been learning is, why don't I delight in God's precepts. Why don't I want to spend time in his word? I don't know, have you ever experienced that before where you don't want to do that? And one of the things I realized is that sometimes if my life is so distracted with so many other things, the shiny gets all the attention. This is one of the things I have learned. So when I think about God's word, God didn't need us when he created us, but he chose to carve out two things he did not need. One, God did not need space. He had it all. And two, he doesn't need time because, well, he just doesn't need it. He's eternal. And so what he did for us 
was that he carved out space, and it's called this world, and he carved out time, and he took this world, and he made it run around this sun. And he created this universe that, well, he doesn't really need, but yet it's going to speak of his glory and his power and of his love. And he is saying to us, I love you. You are a part of my creation, but you're at the pinnacle of that creation. If you think I want to speak from all of this creation, and he does, he wants to speak in a still, small voice as you spend time in his word. As you spend time in prayer. And so one of the things I've been learning is just being silent before God and not do the one, not be the one always talking. <laughs> I say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Lord, is it okay if I just sit with you a little bit? I want to carve out some space and time where I can meet with you. Because I know, and one of the things I've been learning is that if I don't carve out space and time for others, I can become distant from them. Same is true with God. If I don't carve out space and time for God, He can become distant even though He is pursuing us as He did with His Son. <laughs> this is a challenge. I want to challenge you with this. Would you take the next week, next two weeks, maybe the next month, I don't know, you, you fill out the challenge. But I'm going to make you a promise. And the reason that I can make you a promise, and the promise is God will show up. Do you know how I can make that promise? Because God's word says that. It's not really a promise based on me. <laughs> But if you're willing to carve out some time and space, <clears throat> maybe one more episode is as good as that may be of whatever show that you love to watch or whatever video montage or one more YouTube content or one more whatever. Instead, carve out some time and space and say, God, I want to sit with you. Because then the Holy Spirit is involved. The Word of God is involved. And we get to sit with the God of the universe who didn't create a YouTube video. He created all of creation. And He wants to be with you. God has continued throughout time to invite us into relationship with Himself. He wants us to experience Him. And this is where it begins. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Would you take a few moments, and I would like for you to ask yourself a question. I'd like to ask for you to ask yourself, 
Is God important enough for you to carve out space and time so that you can have that with him? He's inviting you to that. Would you like to be renewed? Would you like to hear or experience God from his word? Plans for you and plans that he has for you? Just as these scriptures speak of, just as the text says, would you like to experience the joy in the heart that the scriptures say you can experience? Would you like to experience the radiance of God? Would you be willing in these next days to carve out some time and space so that you might hear the voice of God through God's word and by his spirit? If so, would you in these next moments pray that? Ask that God would give you the wisdom in order to don't find the time. You're not going to find the time. You've got to make the time. You've got to make time and space just the way God made time and space for you. And spend time in his word. Would you be willing to accept the challenge this morning? This, we're getting ready to sing a song. It's a response song. I'm inviting you to respond. Whatever that looks like for you. I'm going to be down front. I'd love to pray with you if that's what you would like. If you'd like to come and pray just by yourself, you can do that. Pray right where you are. But would you be willing to at least say, God, right now I don't delight in your word, would you change my heart to want to spend time in your word? I think it's a very honest prayer. Lord God, as we come before you, we are jars of clay. Spirit's willing, flesh is weak. There's so many shiny things and things to do that go around. The Lord help us to realize the important thing to do is to spend time with you. And that you'd help us to prioritize that in our own heart. In your own, whatever it is, Lord. What would you have us do to make these next steps? What does that look like, Lord? Because you truly desire to nourish our soul. You've already have gone to great efforts to do that through your word. God, may we receive your gifts. May we receive the word, what you've worked so hard to do. 
Lord, I do pray that you would bring conviction to my heart. That you'd give me a greater desire for your word. To spend time with you. To sit with you. And to allow you to revive and renew my heart. That I might place myself in a position. My knee bent before you. Say, Lord, whatever you want to do, may you do that in me. And I'd pray that for us today, for here. Is that as we leave this, this place in this time of worship, the worship does not stop because we worship you with our lives. And that you would make our hearts glad with songs on our hearts, but also a desire in our heart to spend with you time. Thank you. Thank you for such a great sacrifice that you have sacrificed for us. Thank you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. At Grace Way, our strongest desire is to glorify Christ by telling everyone about His grace. If you have questions or are in need of spiritual help, please reach out to us by visiting www.gracewaylex.org and click on the Contact Us section. Or you can email us at gracewaylex at gmail.com. Our worship services are held each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. We'd love to worship with you this week. Until next time, take care and walk in the way of grace.